You're listening to an Arts Mitten podcast. You are listening to Arts Mitten here on Sin with Zach and Ben. Ben, how are you going? I'm still doing awesome. Awesome? Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Awesome. That is awesome. Fantastic. How are you going? I'm also good. Thank you for asking. Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate that. That's all right. Yeah, it is awesome. Anyway, we are here. We are not alone anymore. It's no. not just the two of us. We are joined by Abigail Bannister-Jones. Welcome back to the show. It's great to be back, and I'd just like to make it known that I, too, am awesome. <gasps> Fantastic. <laughs> so you that's... beat me to it. I was just about to ask. <laughs> Three awesome people. Incredible. In one room. <sighs> well, you are here to talk about your upcoming Fringe Festival show, because Fringe season is almost upon us. It's about a month out now, yes. actually. It is exactly, like exactly a, month a month out, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> oh, it is October 2nd. We've timed this very well. Perfectly. Well, <laughs> would you like to just introduce your show a little bit? Yes. So it is a little um, one-woman cabaret, I guess, but with a narrative, and it is the story of the dog Cerberus, who is the guard dog of the underworld in ancient Greek mythology. He's got three heads, and he's a very good boy. And that's <laughs> the title of the show, the story of Cerberus, a very good boy. Very good. It sounds like a very good show. Well, can you tell us a little bit about what it's like producing and performing in a solo show? Is this your first solo show? It actually is, which is sort of wild to me because I'm very sort of independent the way I work anyway. I sort of like do everything and then I'll normally bring the other people in. And other people always have an impact on your work, which is why I'm kind of nervous about this one because... It's all me, baby. Um, (laughs) That being said, I will have outside eyes that will, you know, once I've got the show to a point where it should be seen, they can go, hey, so that doesn't make any sense and whatnot, or give me little pointers. So even if I'm alone, I'm not totally alone. When it comes to the producing, that's pretty standard um, for what I've done for most of my shows. But I'm doing it really easily this year, I think, because it's a very small space I'm doing it in, so I don't have to sell, like, 100 tickets, and I don't need to, like, stress too much about promotion, Um, and I'm running the venue myself, so I'm just going to have a little helper who's going to do my front of house and my tech if I need any of that done, and so we're keeping it small, keeping it sweet, keeping it simple. Very, very Love nice. That. Yeah. So you're playing all three heads of the <laughs> of the dog Cerberus. Yes. So how have you characterized each I guess head of the dog? Very good question. So the center head is sort of your moderate, uh, balanced, level headed head. Mm-hmm. Uh the one on well, my left is very much a stickler to the rules. Um think think Faust's angel and devil mm. on your shoulder moment. Um, but I, even though the one on my left is sort of, you know, very to the rules, I think he's more of a devil, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the one on my right is a little bit like, but what if, but what if, and a little bit more easygoing and thinks, well, you know, I know we're meant to guard the underworld for all eternity, but like, what if someone throws a ball we want to catch, you guys? <laughs> then what? So that's sort of what I'm working with. So basically the one on the right is what an actual dog acts like, which is to say it has no impulse control at all. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe one, maybe only one side of Cerberus got trained. You know, it's right, a, very, yeah, like, yes. a very diligent, trained, you know, service dog. And the other side is like, just here for a play. <laughs> <laughs> that's so I mean, that's what dogs are like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so I feel like maybe Cerberus, I, I've called Cerberus the, like the, I guess the god of pets. 
patron saint, whatever you want, um, because he as well can be he he can be like a a guiding force for all domesticated animals. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about like what pets mean to you personally? Oh, I love them. I've had I I mean, everybody has that like heartbreak of like losing you know the old family pet that's been around like since all of childhood and um i just like to think that there is a nice place where the animals do go not to a farm (laughs) just like (laughs) um they've got someone like on their side as well there's lots of like um like oh well you know dogs go to heaven and i'm like but is is there like a dog god that's like yeah? Come. So anyway, that's what Cerberus is to me. Pets are like, you know, the the greatest companion because really, they're so innocent. Like, even though you know we can look at a cat and be like, hey, I think you might be the devil. They're still <laughs> like they're not really doing anything wrong because they don't have a sense of morality, do they? Well, well, well what do you? I mean, I've met, for me, it's birds. Birds. <laughs> I, I was okay. Side tangent no, for a second. You may be right on that. Front. I no, was walking home from a train station the other week, and I kid you not, I walk past a pair of ducks. One of them bends its neck down, starts like squawking at me, and charges towards a me. Duck. Oh, I yeah. back off. It walks back to like where it was. I'm like, okay, weird, but I'll keep going. That's I start bananas. walking in. It does it again. Mm. <gasps> I literally took a different route to avoid this duck. Yeah, so yeah. ducks are vicious. I. Don't kidding. trust birds. No, okay, mm. I, I generally don't trust birds. Seagulls, bugger off. Mm. And um, pretty much anything that's going to swoop you, obviously. Well, it's, it's swooping mm. season. Magpie. Oh, oh it is don't too. Don't remind me. That yeah. was actually once a, like a willy wagtail, they're very territorial, swooped my dog as I was walking <gasps> walking her. And I was like, oh, you're on the blacklist, buddy. <laughs> um, oh. And um, swans as well, notoriously vicious. Yeah. But... Ducks. I've always had faith in ducks, so this has no. completely destroyed that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, birds. They're a different breed. They're descended from dinosaurs, so I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> That's true. Um. But you know, pets are special. So when something bad happens to a pet, it's like that's the ultimate. Just tears streaming down my face. That is so true. Um. Well, the story, obviously, you know, taking themes and characters from Greek mythology. So, do you have like a personal favorite underworld myth? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I, how could I choose? <laughs> There's so much. If any anybody who knows anything about me will tell you, ah yes, the Greek mythology lover. Um which is how Zach and I know each other really. Pretty much. But um <laughs> look all that's coming to my head right now, because it's like like one of the most popular stories to do with the underworld, is Orpheus and Eurydice, which is everywhere in pop culture. Um, and I mean, I think about Moulin Rouge has just popped back up at the Regent. That is classic Orpheus and Eurydice, man destined to lose woman. Um, so I do feature them in my little play, um, mm-hmm. because part of that story is Orpheus plays a song so sweet that he lulls Cerberus to sleep. Um, I felt like that was a lot of alliteration just now. Uh, So that is like a little segment, but of course it is a very sad story and Orpheus does not complete his task of taking Eurydice back to the world on top and she is thrown back into the underworld. But then I'm like, what happens then? Cerberus is there and he's like, oh, Eurydice, you're back. It's so good to see you. And she's like... 
Yep. <laughs> because a dog is always happy when you get home, no matter how bad a day you've had. Yeah, that's very true. They're so always happy there. to see you. Exactly. Just wagging their, well, in this case, three tails. <laughs> oh, you've given Cerberus three tails as well as three heads. Yeah, I think that's appropriate. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, because each tail should, like, be indicative of each head's mood. That's fair. That's, yeah, that's I fair. like that decision. Like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, you've also got a few other sort of underworld figures involved in the play. Uh, so who else is going to be there? And can you tell us a bit about how their stories might play out? Well, obviously we have Hades and Persephone because they're ruling over the underworld. Um, Hades is going to have to make the decision like, oh, it would be great to have a guard dog because Cerberus, when he was born, was not not the guard dog type. He was a serpent monster. So there's that whole arc. Um, there's also, well... Hercules, or Heracles, however you want to say it, um, came down to the underworld as a part of his 12 labours, actually, to get Cerberus up on top. So that is definitely going to be a fun arc, but I won't spoil too much. Um, And I also wanted to address something that isn't... I I can't find a lot of source material on it, but there's the judges of the underworld. So when you right. die, there's like three of them and they decide where you go. Do you go to Tartarus, which is like the hell section? Do you go to Asphodel, which is the mediocre section? Or to Elysium, which is a place of heroes? Um, and it's sort of like there's going to be a little bit about, well, how do they judge that? Um, and maybe they ask some ghosts, like, oh, what did you think of this person? Where do you think that they sit? What? Tell me about something about their life. But what if you're a hermit and your only friend was a dog? Mm. Mm. Um, and, of course, where do all the dogs go? I think Cerberus is just going to be like, nah, straight to Elysium. You're the best. You just, <laughs> you've done no wrong. <laughs> just gets, like, the guard dog's favoured permission. Yeah. And, you know, it might be nepotistic, but I also think it's quite warranted. Because so you're call- you're calling all dogs nepo babies. Yeah, yep. You can quote me on that. Set it right here, right now on this lovely Saturday afternoon. Dogs are nepo babies. Um, oh well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for chatting with us. Good luck with the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to an Art Smitten podcast. You can listen to Art Smitten live every Saturday from 12 p.m. on Sin. Mm-hmm.